he sucks and he'll always suck. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words for the first time we've recorded in, what, six weeks? It's been since the draft, right? I mean, we did all those videos in the draft. That's right. We did all those videos in the draft, and uh, we are coming to you not live, but recorded from our humble abodes, and uh, it is about six o'clock, and I'm already on my second White Claw because of it. I'm a little jealous. I have not had a drink yet and i just went to the mini fridge and it is it's got your beer in there and then cheese <laughs> it was i'm telling you it, I, I saw a news story a couple of weeks ago where uh some study was talking about that alcohol consumption is up 30 percent at home and i'm like only 30 percent it's up, how is it not doubled it's up 100 percent in this home yeah uh, it is up 100 in my household lauren, lauren has actually started drinking almost every night because work has been so stressful that's that is me i'm i'm so overworked that uh by the time i get to five o'clock i'm like cracking open a can like i'm some kind of redneck on a country music song all right anyways we're gonna get into some shit because it's been a long time since you all have heard from us so we've got quite a bit to cover um it's been a while, so we're going to talk about the draft. Uh, we will get into Adoree and Corey Davis with fifth-year options or lack of in the you know case of the latter. Well, Steve Underwood, Steve the Stash has retired. He's been replaced by a new team president. Um, we are going to discuss Clowney or lack of Clowney. Uh, we got a lot of NFL arrests to get into, and uh, we'll wrap it up talking about a little bit of Logan Ryan. So... And we got that schedule uh, too. I, oh, I got the we schedule did, yes, up. We, we have the new schedule. I, That's right. I added that in Slack just like ten minutes ago. I was gonna sneak it in and say it's always been there, but uh we got the NFL schedule to talk about. That's how Very I nice. mean this has been a long time. We have so much stuff feel to talk about. And it yeah, it feels like a year since we've recorded a podcast, but then again, it feels like a year since I've seen anybody in person. So uh all right, draft class. Let's get into it. Um it has been just uh, a little over a month since the NFL draft. We're not going to get into a deep dive of who the Titans picked and who they didn't, but we at least want to run through them. I want to get Zach's opinion on the picks. He's probably going to ask for mine, and then I'm going to sound like a jackass because I don't know anything about these players, but that's okay. Do you I'm want just me just not right ask it. you? <laughs> yeah, just, just don't ask me. Just save, save the trouble of me sounding like a complete fucking moron. I so, can do it. Um, first round, 29th pick, uh, Titans select Isaiah Wilson, uh, offensive lineman from Georgia. What was your gut reaction during this pick? Well, it's, I feel like it's definitely like it first, was, right? I was wasted or not really wasted. I was definitely a few in and <laughs> Mike was just, you know, trying to sell me on it. And, you know, Christian Fulton, who we did get in the second round was there and we drafted this humongous offensive lineman and like most of the first round picks that the Titans have had dating back to Lawan, Jason Fitz of ESPN actually has video of me reacting to the Taylor Lawan pick being very upset over it. Uh, then there, the next year there was one of me, I was in my car heading to Nashville when we drafted Marcus and I was firmly against drafting Marcus. So that one proved out to be right. But Outside of Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson, the uh, the first round, and Rashawn Evans, I mean, J-Rob has a better track record, but Isaiah Wilson caused me to, to get pretty up in arms because, I mean, you know, we could have done something totally different. And it, though, even though Mike was trying to calm me down and everything, not really feeling it, but, you know, the second round pick helps. It's in a vacuum. It's still a, a subpar pick, in my opinion, if I were grading the pick in a vacuum. But when you look at the overall draft, it's not that bad of a pick, and it doesn't really affect the overall draft class. So I will say, I'll jog your memory a little bit, you were uh, you were pissed off when we picked Jeffrey Simmons in 2019. Yeah, I was. I was pretty, you, you, pretty you, pissed you're off. You were pissed. Yeah, because he was injured, <laughs> and, you know, immediate impact, and, and Tillery was still there, but, you know... Simmons still has a chance to prove me. He, he's it's undecided. I have high hopes for him now, but when I am looking for immediate impact players again, 
first round should be immediate impact players, and I think that Isaiah Wilson, again, is not an immediate impact player. So, you know, it's all about where you pick them, I feel like, too. I think that plays a little bit into it. All right, round two, Christian Fulton, cornerback. Did that make you feel better about the first-round pick? A lot yeah, of people yeah, say, that, say Basically, yes. I'm choosing to view it as we drafted Christian Fulton in the first round and Isaiah Wilson in the second, because that's really the grade on both those players. And, you know, only one offensive tackle, one top-rated or offensive tackle, the two offensive tackles went, but only one was actually a top-rated one, and the other one, I think, switched to a guard or something came off the board after we drafted Isaiah Wilson. So drafting Isaiah Wilson that high was not a necessity at, at any by any stretch of the imagination. But J-Rob does a second-round wonder and gets Christian Fulton, who is, I thought, should have been the first-round pick. So it, it all worked out in the end. Nice. Very nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Darrington Evans goes uh, to us in the third Um I'm I'm kind of excited about Darrington Evans with more of the footage that some of our group has been sharing uh, back and forth. What are your What are your thoughts on him? I love Darrington Evans. I love everything on his tape. I I thought that everybody was kind of blowing smoke up my ass in the pre-draft process that he was going to be something special, but then you go and watch the actual tape and you put it on, and I I did a real deep dive, and I was specifically looking for plays, uh, pass blocking, and protection. And I went through a bunch of his different games and watched every snap that he played in. And not only is he really good at pass blocking and pass protection, but his pass catching, his speed when he gets going, the it's it's almost it's what Deion Lewis was supposed to be, and it's what Deion Lewis was in 2016, 2017, when he was getting like 900 rushing yards before he got his injury. Uh, this is, I when you talk about immediate impact, uh, this is the immediate impact guy. Besides Christian Fulton, this guy will have the next biggest impact on this team. I like it. Next pick, I'm going to be honest, I know very, very little about Laurel Murchison. Am I saying that Big Merch. Laurel has a... Big Merch. Tell me about Big Merch. Big (laughs) Merch. He has a real interesting story because he came came up from JUCO and stuff like that. Um, He's got a twin brother who who battled cancer, who's trying to work his way into back in the football world. He has a lot of measurables similar to Jarrell Casey. I'm by no means saying that he is Jarrell Casey. But letting Jarrell Casey go and getting who was drafted in the third round, getting a guy drafted in the fifth round that's similar to Jarrell Casey is just a lot of value. I think there's a lot to be excited about. He's gotten better every year that he's played. He's a hard worker. He appreciates the game of football as not only... He just appreciates being able to play it. And I think that goes a long way. He's a definitely a variable J-Rob kind of guy. He's the hard worker. He's a student of film. He loves watching film. And he loves picking up on the little cues that the little, uh, what do you call it, uh, ticks that the um, bl- and bluffs and stuff that um, the quarterbacks pick up. I think it was the UNC game he picked up that there was going to be a kind of pass that was coming or kind of step a uh, drop back just by how the uh, the quarterback was uh, patting his uh, thighs because he picked it up on tape or something it was solid. something crazy like that so like he that's cool. is someone that's going to be in the film room asking a bunch of questions and trying to soak up and learn as much as he can and I think that with I think think we're not I'm not saying that he's going to replace the production or replace anything as far as what Jarrell Casey brought to this team but I do think that there is something there to be excited about and I do think it helps mitigate the loss people can downplay this fifth round pick all they want but you got to remember Jarrell Casey was a third round pick fifth fifth round picks fourth round picks happen all the time where they're successful and uber successful i i don't just don't think that with this staff that we should be sleeping on big merch i like the i like what you were sharing about 
Murchison learning and picking up on a tell from a quarterback? Because I, I know that obviously J. Rob and crew have their their kind of type and their typeset that they go after of the hardworking is willing to learn, going to put in the time. But like just that little anecdote you shared about, you know, he was able to 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 pick up a sack or able to pick up his game in a game because he picked up on a tell. That's that's cool little stuff that I, I like to hear. And I don't know. That gives me some positive vibes about a, a fifth round pick, you know? Well, it, it between uh, Isaiah Wilson, Lorel Murchison and Darrington Evans, those three picks right there, this, this staff loves those three picks and spent a lot of time with all three of those picks. None of those picks were overwhelmingly surprising as far as, that they got drafted by the Titans because the Titans showed a ton of interest in all these players leading up to the draft. All right, let's move on to probably the fan favorite so far, at least the ones that I can't get Titans Twitter to shut up about. Cole McDonald. See money quarterback baby. from Hawaii. See money. He reminds me of a much more put together swaggy out of uh old miss. What the hell is his name? Swag Kelly, Chad Kelly. Old Swag Kelly, who ended up doing ecstasy and going in the wrong house while living in Denver. Rest it's in about peace, time baby. that we got a strong-armed Hawaiian quarterback because we just never we we just have never had a really good Hawaiian quarterback. Have we had another Hawaiian quarterback? Yeah, Marcus. I'm kidding. <laughs> My God. Anyway, so why are fans obsessed with Cole McDonald? I just think he's fun. I like. I think when you turn on the he tape, is fun. Uh, he's he's a bro. I mean, he's he's bro Derek. If he was a Charlie's Angel, uh, that may be way too old for uh, everybody to to know who Bo Derek was. But bro Derek, <laughs> uh, uh, I I you know he had. I hate that he got rid of the corn rolls because that was, that would have been awesome. Uh, however, I mean. He only really just has that one mechanical flaw of his delivery of the ball. And I know that sounds like that's a big issue. People fix it all the time. Let's let's and he's working with the right person. He's actually taking the right steps to try to correct it and he has been. But the dude already sh- displays a killer arm, a willingness to be physical and take hits, but most importantly he displays NFL level accuracy. Now, he's still a seventh-round pick. He's not, I don't think he's the second coming of Tom Brady. But when you're (laughs) looking for a developmental backup, this is the kind of guy that you want to take a chance on. And this is the kind of guy that when he gets in here can possibly beat out Logan Woodside and be our number two. Well, I don't, the only social media I partake in is Twitter. So I usually find TikToks and Instagram stuff secondhand when somebody reposts it onto Twitter. So my introduction to McDonald was right after he got picked by the Titans. A couple of days later, he put out a TikTok of him doing that. What's that song by the weekend? Blinding lights. Oh, that you're stupid asking the wrong dance person. that everybody's doing to that. See, I love that you don't even know that either. Cause I didn't know what it was until I saw Cole McDonald doing this dance. And it was so fucking ridiculous it remind you know it reminded me of like Taylor one he reminds me a little bit of like Taylor one's kind of the way he acts and the yeah. goofiness so i'm actually i'm excited to see that i'm gonna go ahead and say that i think that him and Taylor one are gonna hit it off oh yeah i definitely think so i i think i think they'll hit it off big time and you know i'm i'm kind of excited for him titan's final pick in the draft round seven pick 243 chris jackson safety out of marshall I, I literally, unfortunately, know very little about this gentleman. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of tape, but I can go off what other people have said. He's physical. Um, he's fast. He He's basically very, very athletic, and I feel like he should make the roster because we are kind of thin at cornerback, and he can do both cornerback and safety. He'll, he'll probably mainly be a special teamer for the most part, but there is opportunity for him to really, for them to kind of utilize him, kind of like they utilized Dane Crookshank and Imani Hooker as kind of a play in multiple levels in the defense, and that's kind of their big thing. 
they want players that can do multiple things so they can be a little bit more creative and he allows them he gives them that extra boost of speed and physicality that the defense is needed in the secondary uh and versus a lot of these uh more spread offense, faster receivers. So that wraps it up. Do you have a list of free agents that we've picked up as I throw you just right on the fucking grill with no prep work? Um, I don't have the free agents picked up, but do you have any free agents of note that they went right after on draft? Just really after the draft, Jonathan Joseph is probably the only big one because, uh, you know, they let Logan Ryan walk, rightfully so. Uh, we'll get to that later. But um, the they they picked up Jonathan Joseph. He just fills the void of leadership. That's about it. I mean, you don't expect anything else from him. Um, he's not fast. He's he's a, he's, sa- he's a savvy vet. But, I mean, it's, it's mainly a leadership move to fill the void left by Logan Ryan. And I think that when you have young guys like Christian Fulton, Adoree Jackson, and Chris Jackson, and, and and the other guys too, they can learn a lot from Jonathan Joseph. And they and Jonathan Joseph still learns stuff from you know Kenny Vaccaro and here and there. So having a guy like that to, to be able to teach all these all these players how to be a professional, how to be a vet, how to be a a, a player is really important. And I, I you know. He's one point five million dollars, and I think he can get up to two point five or two million. I mean, what what is that? That's like nothing. So I mean, you're basically paying paying for an assistant coach. Any draft picks you're surprised the Titans passed on? Anything uh, along those lines? No, I, I know some people are are wondering why they didn't pick a kicker and stuff like that. I mean. It, it, it's a kicker. I, I get it. You know, there people are crazy about touchbacks and and extra points and field goals and stuff like that. But what it came down to is that John Robinson's staff, his special teams coach, found this kid and they said, "This kid, I can work with. I can work with this kid." And they got Greg Joseph. I know Greg Joseph is unproven uh, as far as his field goal capabilities because all he did was extra points for most of the season but they didn't have to spend a draft pick first off you really should never no offense to kickers you should really never have to spend a draft pick on a kicker and we've seen people time and time again spend these high draft picks and you know sometimes they work some a lot of times they don't i i think that you know it says a lot about john robson and his trust in the staff's opinion of what they can get out of this kid as a little surprise, no linebackers in the draft. I figured an inside linebacker would have would have came through. Let's let's move on and talk about Adoree Jackson, Corey Davis. So Adoree got his fifth year option picked up. Corey Davis did not. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on why. Why do you think one over the other? And um, you had actually made an interesting comment right before we started recording about j-rob and first round picks sticking around and i kind of want to get into that a little bit but let's start with adory and Corey davis why adory why not Corey davis well i think adory is a is just a lot better than what people think but when you kind of went through you know flip-flopping is is a uh tradition like no other when it comes to fandom no matter if you're a Titans fan or a fan, what no matter the team, flip-flopping is great. I mean, everybody hated Adoree Jackson heading into this year, and then they see what we've all seen on the last two years, and he's awesome, and they, you know, want him back. Here, Here's my big thing on it. When, when it comes down to it, paying Corey Davis that $13 million, on paper, it, it doesn't make sense, right? I, he, for a short period of time, would have been like top 10, highest paid, whatever. He would have been eventually bumped down to like 18 to the eighteen to 20 range when you count you know free agents that happen and uh, contract extensions and all that kind of stuff. Kind of like how Tannehill was 
everybody's saying that we paid too much for Tannehill. Then at the end of the free agency period, he got bumped down a bunch of slots, right? So, but I understand it. Doesn't mean that Corey Davis is not long for this team. More than likely, if you look at the history with Jack Conklin so far, with his Jack Conklin, it's it's almost like a death sentence. But here's how it looks. You know, Corey Davis balls out, and we get a really good year from Corey, which means if he balls out, that means our team is doing good and scoring points, and we reap the the one-year benefit, and he goes and finds a contract somewhere else. Then, or he balls out, we get him for, we get him to an extension and we get to keep him around for a few more years. Or he sucks and we let him walk and we draft a wide receiver. Here's the thing. This is where I, I don't like the the fan base's view on Corey Davis. Corey Davis doesn't suck. Corey Davis doesn't get volume. He doesn't get targets. He's open basically if you watch the film and the stats it's it's the actual film and stats both show that he gets open more than what everybody else thinks he gets credit for Tannehill just has better chemistry with other people on the team Marcus was a dead arm quarterback he's still one of the best wide receivers in a lot of categories when you look at the efficiency stats and you know I'm, we're a big efficiency stat podcast so Huge. I'm not surprised, but I'm also, you know, it's a business, right? I mean, it's it's the business. I mean, we've seen that, you know, you give one good year and a couple media, maybe average years on the stat sheet or on the box score, and you're, you're probably not getting your fifth-year option picked up. I think Rashawn Evans is a high risk of his fifth-year option not being picked up, but... There are going to be new CBA rules that may lessen the load because Rashawn Evans hasn't, you know, done hit a certain number of Pro Bowls or stuff like that. So, you know, it could be cheaper to keep Rashawn Evans. But, you know, it is what it is. A Dory's just it was a no brainer. I feel like that if you would have swapped a Dory and Corey Davis's numbers, uh, Dory was. 15 mil and or Corey was 15 mil and a Dory was 10. If you swap those numbers they probably both would still be here. I kind of think they would have picked up Corey's for $5 million less. Again, if they would have done that, why don't not go ahead and do it? But, you know, it is what it is. Well, I'm sure Titans fans are going to disagree with you, but Titans fans disagree with everything. Yes. So Yes, they do. Uh, you know what? I'll just open another White Claw and keep reading Titans Twitter because it's uh, damn depressing. We'll get to that in a minute with Clowney. Anyways, um, so... Steve Underwood retired, um, and they have the uh, Tennessee Titans have promoted Burke Nihill. I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, as the uh, team president, Underwood was with the organization for how long? Like 30 years? Oh, something a long crazy? time. Now, he did take a break in between all that, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, I mean, pretty much, I think he was there the whole time. Obviously, you know, stalwart with the organization. I loved watching the rest of the NFL and sports media as a general pick up on his facial hair and start sharing that all over social media like it was the first time they had seen it. But Steve and that stash was uh, definitely a, a hallmark around Nashville. I, I don't have a cool Steve Underwood story like everybody else. So I met him last year at the uh, uh, Amy Adams Strunk uh, kind of the dinner thing she had with the um, uh, leukemia and lymphoma society night that uh, Jonathan Hutton had hosted. And he told me that I had a good beard. So I took that. That's took a, that that's a real high uh, honor. I feel that's like. a solid, that's a solid compliment coming from, from mustache Bane. So you got any uh, Underwood stories? Uh, actually we sold him his Corvette. Um, and what's cool about him is like, you know, our, our, the dealership that I work at, we would pick up people's cars, you know, for whatever reason, you know, whether you needed, you know, a part or repair or whatever. And on Saturdays, he himself would come and just sit in the service lounge and, you know, we would just walk by and then there's Steve Underwood and he, he was just like every other guy and, you know, a team president, he was just sitting there. This 
drinking his coffee, watching the, you know, crappy direct TV news channel or whatever channel it was on. Just reading a fish and wildlife magazine and, you know, just, just enjoying it. Just enjoying the piece of quiet. He has two daughters. So maybe he's just trying to get rid of, get away from all the women in his house. (laughs) Um, but I mean, he's just a super down to earth guy who doesn't know how to hold a shovel. And think about it. He's been with and through the organization of immediately showing up in Nashville and going to the Super Bowl all the way through the really, really rough crap with Wizen Hunt and Munchak and all that kind of stuff. So to kind of see it through and to see the team start to not start to be definitely back on the uptick. I don't know. Hats off to Underwood. I, you know, you hate to see the man go, but damn, what a tenure. I was having to look it up, but I, I can't, still can't find it. But I think he was with the organization for about 40 years. So, well, he was a steadying force during those talks of, see, I think that he was, he was gone. And then um, when the whole talk with Tommy Smith selling his shares or whatever, when we switched Amy Adams drunk, I think they brought him on during that time of when Billy, uh, um, oh crap, I was going to say Billy Joel, but. uh, I was going to say Billy Badass. What's his, uh, what's that fucking, (laughs) uh, that guy that Jason Lockin' for was going to be, um. I was going to say that was going to buy it. He sings um, Wanted Dead oh, or Alive. Was, the, the guy who was going to buy the Titans, yeah. quote unquote. Oh, my um, God. What's his name? Damn it. He had an arena football team. And yeah. Nobody gives well, a I shit. mean, he has the band. John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. <laughs> I don't know why Billy I kept to say Billy, Billy Badass. Um, <laughs> but I believe he unretired or something to come back and take that over because to help be that steadying force during this whole transition and kind of like with Gil Beverly, um, that hire last year, him retiring was, was, I, I was coming. I mean, I'm not surprised that he retired. Um, but the Burke Nihil guy, um, he, I think you're going to see a lot of changes start happening in the facility and stuff. I wouldn't expect like a, a dome being put in or anything like that, but I think dollhouses are coming down, bud. I think they're coming down sooner rather than later. And I, th- I think Burke Nye Hill is going to be the guy to, to get that over the, the hump. But I think you're going to see the progress come that we saw some progress with Gil Beverly. I think Burke Nye Hill is going to bring us more, uh, tangible progress. I'm going to use every feasible Titans contact I have in this damn city to get a piece of one of those damn dollhouses. I want something. I want a piece of siding ripped off one of those sons of bitches. I want something. I feel like we we deserve it. We we deserve it. This podcast specifically, with the amount of time, money, and just sheer bullshit that we've put up with in that stadium, I, I want my pound of flesh out of those damn Okay, so Steve houses. Underwood did return to the Titans on March 20th, 2015. He was gone for a little bit before okay. that. Okay. So He has let's four talk- daughters, by the way. I only know two, but he has four daughters. No sons? Uh, well, there's a sad story about his son, so I left that off. Oh, I didn't. That, that's terrible. Um, four daughters, man. And you Christy, sold that man Melissa, Providence, and Liberty. Providence. That's an awesome name. Yeah. I want to name a child Providence now. Well, you, you just got to. That's what. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I've got to agree. Talk to, uh, I've got to have an agreement with someone yeah. first. Well, one, well, no, just talk to um, uh, Mike's baby smuggler. Baby smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> My God. He smuggled baby so, across the border. I wish someone would go ahead and smuggle Jadavian Clowney into the Titans or at least just put him on another team because, frankly, I am 100% done talking about it. I'm done listening to Titans Twitter go nuts about it. I'm especially extremely peeved that people keep listening to this inked up sweezy Seahawks fan, whatever the hell he is on Twitter. Everyone is always retweeting his crap. What's going on with Clowney? Do you even care anymore? Uh, I care, but it's not a it's not a necessity to have him. Like I I, I know nobody believes me or anything like that because I get I get in these 
arguments and stuff. Explain yourself. <laughs> you know, what's he going to add? One win? One game? Like, I'm not too worried about it. If we have him, we're, we're going to win. If we don't have him, guess what we're still going to do? We're still going to win. Uh, I know people are down on Vic Beasley, and they hate him. And people say he doesn't have any kind of pass rush moves, and he's he he hates football and blah 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 blah. I, I you know, I just I just think Frable's got it. I, th- I think Frable can handle Vic Beasley and anything that you want. I mean, you got people got to remember Atlanta's not that very good of a defensive team, and they haven't been for two years. And last year they had their defensive backs uh, a noted defensive backs coach his whole career Raheem Morris was coaching the wide receivers last year (laughs) he has never coached wide receivers in his life and for whatever reason they put him over there they had multiple staff in the incorrect positional coach uh in their on their staff they they were they were they flip-flopped him all around after the bye week and got him to their appropriate position for them to coach, and then you saw the defense get better. It, it sounds like to me when you have something like that, I wouldn't blame a, a kind of a player for maybe being a little, you know, like what the fuck is going on? Like I don't know. It's look, they get back on Clowney. I I still think it's gonna happen, but you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. The Titans do not live and die. The 2020 season does not live and die by Jadavian Clowney. I mean, that's a great point. This is not sitting around hoping and praying and waiting for the free agency quarterback because you have absolutely zero options at quarterback and it makes and breaks your team. That, that is a good point. I'm frankly just so I'm so tired of hearing about it. I'm so tired of watching people share on social media that they've got some inside news on Clowney and blah, blah, blah. I, I can tell you for a fact that no one has any kind of inside information on Clowney or it would be out there. And, and I think the guy this. is just sitting around waiting. He's, he's an idiot for not taking, if, if the yes. offers are getting lower, the longer he waits, then he is the biggest fucking idiot. And I keep trying to tell people players have overvalued their market repeatedly. And Clowney's market is going to be worse next year. I do not care what anybody says that, oh, well, he should just take a one-year deal and he'll get more money next year because even though he didn't get If he ain't getting it when he's younger, he ain't going to get it when he's older. <laughs> I mean, he's and, and next year's edge class is way more flooded than this year. This year was thin at edge class in the free agent market. I mean, it's so thin that... Marcus Golden is tagged on some tag that hasn't been used in like 20 years where the Giants get him for really cheap and he has to play on a really cheap contract. But nobody's wanting to match it and they another team doesn't have to give anything up. Everson Griffin's still out there. Clowney's mark, he's overvalued as Mark. Clowney thinks he's, you know, five years ago or three years ago. And I'm sorry, I think Clowney's really good. Well, players who do this all the time just never get that money that they want. This is also not – don't let me dare try to question a grown man's business tactics, especially a, a you know professional athlete. But, my God, this is not the time and place to start trying to get picky about where and what kind of employment <laughs> you want to have. These people, people need to get some better agents. I, I tell you that much. Seriously. I, yeah, I this- really need to be an – I'd like to represent one NFL player, and I bet – I bet that NFL player would be extremely rich. I can get that – I can get that done. It's not hard. Are you trying to, are you trying to launch a talent agency mid-podcast? Hey, the Lions, Lions Den uh, – Sports agency, LDSA. Can we, just, can we just get through this recording without you trying to sell some snake oil? Huh? Well, maybe. I may have some more snake oil products uh, later on in the episode. Speaking of snake oil, stay tuned because I have got a great offer for all of you listeners out there. They're like camping chairs, but they don't have the bottoms in them. 
stay tuned. We'll get you hooked up with that. So um, let's move on and talk about all of, well, do you want to talk about NFL wrestling? You want to talk about Logan Ryan first? Well, let's uh, Logan Ryan's a little bit close to the Jadavian Clowney thing. Okay. Well, mean, yeah, let's talk let's, about this guy. I mean, this guy is so bold into thinking that the Titans need him that after he tried to get a multi-year $10 million per year deal, and it, then he found, oh, no other team is willing me to pay that. Well, I'll mosey back on over to J-Rob and say, hey, bud, how about this? I'll come back to you on a one-year deal. I'll do you a little favor. You just pay me exactly what I got last year, which is $10.6 million. And J-Rob will like, oh, okay. And then just never call it, ghost him. That's the appropriate <laughs> response. I am sorry. Uh, J-Rob, I, not to downplay anything that Logan Ryan has done, because there's a lot of intangibles, like we talked about Jonathan Joseph, the leadership, the sacking, uh, the blitzes. But when your main job description is covering opposing corners, and you cannot do that at a high level, you're not going to get paid money. There are at least 31 other teams besides the Titans who saw the film and said, this guy is not worth $10.6 million or that much. And he, for him to come back and then be uh, annoyed or, or disheartened that they didn't even attempt to negotiate, the draft was right around the corner. They have no need for you. The draft was going to be there. You overplayed your hand, you asked for too much money, and you're still sitting out there, and you're not going to get that $10.6 million. And the fans who are siding with Logan saying, well, you know, if you know, we really should have brought him back, blah, blah, blah. You ain't going to be worried about Logan Ryan come week. You're not even going to remember that he was on the team. Week six, Christian Fulton, when he's out there killing it, you're not going to worry about it. You, you'll totally forget that Logan Ryan ever existed. And he's still a free agent, right? I mean, no one's picked him up. Well, the last I heard with that is that, price. I mean, the last I'd heard is the Jets were looking at him. Yeah, and that was a whole mess. I mean, Manish Mehta said that he heard from the Jets, who are confident that they're going to accept his deal. And then that took it as, well, Logan Ryan's going to sign with the Jets, and that's what everybody's saying. And I think everybody's just taking it that way because they hate Manish Mehta. Uh, he's burned a lot of bad bridges. Let, let's be honest that that it doesn't really matter. The, we're not gonna miss Logan Ryan. You know, I I appreciate what he did, much like Jarrell Casey, but it's not gonna be something that we're gonna miss in the long run. And at ten point six million dollars, hell no, hell no. And again, it goes back to, and I, I get why fans do it. The whole definition of fan is being a fanatic, but I mean, these are, these are business decisions and you got to kid yourself if you don't think that unfortunately players do try to make emotional decisions sometimes. And I think that's, this is one that's tied into it of, you know, Logan may have been looking at this from an emotional standpoint of, the, 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 maybe they'll break and they'll be willing to pay that, but a good front office is looking at this is from a business perspective. And like you said, the draft was there, you know, it's a market to where his number just doesn't attribute to it. So, I mean, sorry, it's expensive. And let me talk to you about the people who after Christian Fulton got Logan Ryan's numbers, number when it was revealed, the rookie numbers and all the fans that said, well, I guess this means that Logan Ryan's really not coming back motherfuckers, he wasn't coming back before the draft. You heard Mike Vrabel say, we have to get faster in the slot. We have to get a guy that covers in the slot. John Robinson, we need to get faster in the slot. We ha These receivers are too fast. That wasn't Logan Ryan, guys. Hello. Uh, he wasn't coming back. At that statement before the draft sealed the deal. The number reveal two weeks after the draft, that, that wasn't a sealing of the deal. But then... You draft Christian Fulton. Hello, Logan Ryan was not coming back. Logan Ryan, basically, if Logan Ryan wasn't coming back within the first two weeks of free agency, he was not coming back to the Tennessee Titans. It was pretty much a done, dead in water deal. the The number 
that two weeks after the draft, that number thing has nothing to do with it. And who cares if it's the same as Logan Ryan's number? Doesn't fucking matter. I know I was loving all the fans that were getting all emotional upset when he put out his Instagram post or whatever, thanking Nashville and all these people were shocked. Oh, I guess he's not coming back. I mean, Oh yeah. yeah I forgot about the Instagram post that he did too. Like, yeah. I mean, get, get real people. Let's, let's, let's get real. Logan, Logan Ryan was not coming back. All right. We got to talk about NFL players getting arrested. Like we, we were great on NFL arrests for quite a while. And then all of a sudden it's like in the last 45 days, the dam is broken and people are out here getting arrested. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you queue up some music for this because we've got yeah. some, uh, I got a list of arrests and I'm going to go through and I'm going to start with late April. I'm not even going to go back to March because there's quite a few in March, but we're going to go back to late April. We're going to start with Kansas city's Bashad Breland cornerback arrested category for drugs accused of marijuana possession, resisting arrest in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Next up, we have Ed Oliver, Buffalo, defensive tackle, arrested. DUI with a gun, was pulled over, arrested, while driving intoxicated and unlawfully carrying a weapon near Houston. Up next, we have Washington Redskins star Cody Latimer, wide receiver, arrested with a gun accused of felony discharge of a weapon in Eaglewood, Colorado, after deputies responded to shots fired. And then, of course, we got the two big one, which has been the highlight of my week after hearing about this arrest. Seattle's Quentin Dunbar and the New York Giants' DeAndre Baker, which DeAndre Baker was a first-round pick, correct? Yes. Quentin Dunbar and DeAndre Baker both arrested. They have now surrendered, because I think DeAndre Baker was still kind of hanging out there charged with armed robbery both are accused of being involved in an armed robbery of cash and jewelry at a party in miramar florida and apparently it was a poker game that was upwards of around 70 grand there are rumors that they may have gotten ripped off in a previous poker game and showed up to rob it their getaway vehicle was a lamborghini well this is where Lions and Associates would come in, the sports agency Lions and Associates would come in and we'd be able to handle this. If these were our clients, the other I, half of that said, does not support this, yeah, this, this someone new said business venture. That, <laughs> hey, I'm going to a poker game and I'm going to go, it's a $70,000 buy in. I would say, you take that $70,000, you just give it to me and you go stay in your, your room because you are not, you are not an adult. You are grounded because that is ridiculous. Who loses seventy thousand? It's not even the World Series of Poker. I mean, you yes, you deserve to get robbed, and you deserve to say goodbye to that seventy thousand dollars. But you also, you, after you lose it, you don't go back with a gun and try to rob it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are I mean, these? especially especially when you got a nine million dollar guaranteed rookie contract. And what about just, just lose the seventy grand? And then you got Ed Oliver, who is high and drunk, or is he just high, or is he drunk? <laughs> is he drunk with weed in his car? All I know is that he's drunk and/or high with weed in his car and guns. Like, I mean, why, why, why are you driving around without a permit if you have to have a permit? But you're drunk. Or you're you're high, whichever one it was. It's I, I don't get these players. You have the an Uber is fifteen dollars more than likely, and you make millions upon millions because Ed Oliver was a first round pick too. Millions upon millions of dollars, and you can't get an Uber. You have to drive around with your gun and your weed and your alcohol, and I didn't even know about Bouchard Breland. That was the news to me. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, I, I had heard about it at the time and forgot all about it until I, until I pulled this up, but going back to Ed Oliver, I mean, it's a d- dumb shit one-on-one, right. Let, let's just go through the basics and, and this isn't, I just don't even know what to attribute it to because who doesn't know 
of someone that's a gotten a DUI or pulled over for some sort of possession. And B, if you don't know one in your inner circle, you've probably heard of athletes or God knows who getting pulled over and Oh, you've got a gun in the car. Now we're just going to tack on a bunch of bullshit to it. So let's, let's all walk through this together. If you're drinking, don't drive, especially don't drive. If you've got firearms in the vehicle, it's really not that difficult. It's, it's really me, not. If you feel the need that you've got to have a firearm on you, maybe you should consider not drinking or consuming marijuana. Or getting a bodyguard or just, or just not get, leaving the house. I mean, just get, get your fucking you, bodyguard. You stay home doubles. and while your girlfriend goes out, just get Uber delivered. That's what Adam Gase does. <laughs> he gets his wife to call it in. Yeah. And so just get a bodyguard who is also your driver. Seriously, for the price of a good vehicle or even a lease on one and a full-time bodyguard is going to be so much less than you losing that multi-million dollar guaranteed contract because you've got to drive around with a gun in the car. Well, at Lions and Associates, we will have our staff members, they will be a personal bodyguard and chauffeur, and they will be highly trained in multiple forms of self-defense to keep you safe. Listen, Lebowski Law Firm PLLC cannot validate the claims that Lions and Associates or whatever he just said. <laughs> they just need a common sense coach. Like they need <laughs> someone that can stand beside them or be available 24-7 via text and just answer every question they have. Hey, I'm thinking about going out to uh, to Taco Bell. Keep your gun out of your car if you're going to Taco Bell. Are you high? Yes, I'm high. Get Uber Eats. Let me order it for you. Are you drunk? Yes. Get someone to drive you. Are you drunk and shirtless with a gun out in your front yard? Get inside, put the gun away, and put on a shirt and go to bed. We we need to develop an app. <laughs> when you unlock your phone, it says, tell me what you're doing right now. Or no, even better. It makes you take a picture of yourself. Yeah. And then the phone comes back and says, a couple of questions here. You don't have a shirt on. Why? <laughs> yeah. It automatically FaceTimes you with some uh, video conference on the other end. You appear to be holding an open <laughs> bottle of vodka. Explain yourself. It's like OnStar. You need OnStar for common sense. <laughs> they press the blue button, and they are asked a bunch of questions, and they get diagnosed. Your friends in the background appear to be discharging a firearm into the air. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. It's just, it's ridiculous. I know. I don't get it, especially like right now. And I, I The only part of me that kind of understands that you're getting a little squirrely is because we're all getting a little squirrely. Like I'm getting squirrely. I can tell when I talk to people, friends, family, that the staying home is starting to hit its firewall for a lot of people. So I get that. What I don't get is I got ripped off at a card game. I'm going to go rip it back off with firearms, negate the fact that I'm a professional athlete, and I'm going to get away in a vehicle that probably less than 50 people in the state own. I mean, just do what Chris Johnson did and hire people to go kill some people. I mean, that's what Chris Johnson did. You don't have to be Allegedly. Ray Lewis and do it yourself. Lebowski and Associates PLLC cannot validate those comments by saying clients. Um, do you have the uh, Titan schedule handy? Because I, I do. To try to I Google do. it as I run my mouth. I, I, I do, I have it, and it is right here because we start off at a Monday night football game at Denver. So before we get too far into the schedule, what are the chances that we, A, have no fans at any games, B, have a partial season with no fans, C, have a full season with limited fans, D, have a full season with all fans? I think it will be most likely full season limited fans because they're already saying governments across today. Well, I don't know what happened today that everybody decided to what release happened these. In California. Yeah, they suddenly changed. California suddenly changed. New York was all of a sudden talking about it. But I mean, like multiple states came out and said that, you know, the games are coming back. Just maybe not with fans in attendance. Right. So we know what this means. This is the start of that snowball and that cascading effect of 
Okay, it's that for right now. Then maybe in a month, in a month and a half, it'll be, okay, it'll be with limited fans. And then by the end of it, maybe we'll get full fans and all that kind of stuff. But there's multiple things that they can do. First off, um, they already have software and systems in place that geolocate your phones and all that stuff, Big Brother, inside the stadiums to, to let them know, okay, we have too many people. This line is too long at this uh, concession stand. So we need to open up another one, or we need to put one over here. They already have the technology. So they got the the herding technology down, right? So they can pretty much say, okay, we got too many people congregating over here. We need to go break this up or whatever. And then there are scans and stuff of your body that can read the temperature when you're walking through. So they can kind of eliminate people that way. And then I thought this was a really good idea that I hadn't heard, and I can't remember... I know I heard it on uh, 104.5. I just can't remember which show it was that I was listening to. But having people on their tickets have certain times they need to go in. So if your ticket, you know, section 113, section A, you may come in, you need to come in at uh, 11 o'clock or one hour before kickoff, and that's when you can get in. And you'll be able to get in during this time frame. And then they have different different sections around different areas, be able to cascade in that way to eliminate the lines and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it will work, but I think that that is a good idea that I hadn't thought of. Um, but I think it will end up being limited fans, but I don't think it will be a lot more fans than what people think. I'm, I'm thinking 75% full for most of the year, if not all of it. So Titans open up, um, and this is a Monday night game, but it's the second part of a of a doubleheader, correct? Right. Oh, it's gonna be so late. That's a nine ten p.m. Eastern start time. That, that's still eight ten Central. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean that that's late. That one's that one's pushing past midnight. Yeah, that one. Uh, no, that that should be nine ten Central. Is that nine ten? Yeah, because look at the other. If I'm looking at ESPN, if you look at the other ones, they're all at twelve. This is all local times. Yeah. all times are central. Nine ten central. Yeah. What so think of the, the people in Knoxville that are in Eastern time zone. Don't feel bad for them, fucking losers. You're you're <laughs> in your stupid Eastern time zone, the worst time zone in America. Central. Let's just get this out there. If there's anyone listening to this podcast and you're about to start getting buck wild in our social media about Eastern time, the, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out. Central time is the best time zone. Yeah. Summer, the sun goes down at an appropriate hour during the summer. The sun's not up till 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Weird asses. It's, it's Central time the is worst. the best time. 9, 10 p.m. for a football game. That's yeah. pretty That's pretty wild. Titans roll I'm still right after thinking that. about going to that game. You know, I got a lot going on, you know, financially and stuff that, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to make it, but I kind of want to go to that game. I don't want to go as well. I uh, I need to gauge how the rest of the summer goes before I pull that trigger because I uh, really, uh, really want to go last year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Titans uh, go back on the road. Uh, is this? No, the Titans have the Jags at home. Yeah, Jags year, at home. Correct? So Jags at home following week, Titans at Minnesota. That will be a sneaky good game. I want to go just because I want to see that stadium. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, too. That stadium is wild as shit. Like, I really want to see that. I I saw the old Vikings Metrodome before the roof collapsed in with too much snow on it. So I (laughs) really wanted to see the updated version of this. That might be one I'm circling on my calendar. Um, Steelers at home October 4th. Bills at home October 11th, Texans at home October 18th, so a three-game homestand, then back on the road against the Bengals, who gives a shit, and then the Bears come back in town uh, 11-8. How long before we got to hear that another story about Chicago drink Nashville dry? Let me correct the story for you. Chicago emptied one bar out of beer, one bar, and that that – Broadway Second Avenue corridor is so busy that if you're that ill prepared that you run out of beer, that's on you. That's yeah. not a story of a fan base coming in and drinking the city dry. They drink one bar out of beer. You know, sorry, that's my Chicago rant. I mean, I if they're so tired if, of hearing I mean, they'll probably travel, but I don't know if they'll go to that game. I mean, you kind of wonder if at <clears> that point people aren't like, well, it is Nashville, but what's really what is our football team? 
Is it going to be Trubisky or is it going to be Nick Foles? Because they both suck. They're not good options. So do you really want to spend money and go to that game? Because right now tickets are, I don't know, tickets are pretty cheap, but as low as $106. So that means that uh, that is the cheapest. So I can't, yeah, that's, I, I just, I want to get that out of the way because I get so tired of hearing that every time that Bears Titans game comes up. But Bears fans travel. I, I fully expect that to be uh, quite a stadium and a city full of Bears fans. Uh, Colts at, at Titans the next week, and then uh, the Titans go on the road against the Ravens, which is a noon game. A little disappointed in that. I thought that would be a good Sunday night football match. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that too. Uh, I don't know if that one could be flexed or not, but I, 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 I because I really have no clue what the rules are on flexing. But you figure that'd be a good one to be flexed. Titans at Colts weekend after Thanksgiving. What? I really do not like this whole scheduling a divisional opponent three weeks apart. There's got to be something better. I mean, the scheduling game should not be this difficult. I feel like they make it way too difficult, and then they still can't get it right. It, it I just don't see it. I don't see how this can be so difficult to not have games like that where they're spread, where they're right close together. Yeah, I don't want to watch the Titans play the Colts twice in November. I mean, I just said... I don't really want to see that, but you know, it is what it is. Browns at Titans on December 6th. Titans at Jags December 13th. Lions coming to town. That one's marked TBD. Yeah, I don't understand why that one's TBD. I don't either. I don't know the reasoning behind that one. Uh, Titans at Green Bay on December 27th at 720 at night. That's going to be cold as hell. That is going to be cold, cold. I really want to try to do a Packers trip this year because Green Bay is a they bucket this, list for uh, me. The last time we went to Green Bay, uh, eight years ago, it was, I mean, it's that long. Um, That's the infamous, th- yeah. That picture of dude in the stands yeah. with the Titans but that 55 was, that was to nothing. in December too. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like that scheduling. That, that sounds terrible. And then Titans wrap it up at Texans at home on January the 3rd. Uh, we've gone through it a little bit, kind of talked about our thoughts, but anything on that schedule in particular you like, anything you hate? I, I hate how the schedule ends, sort of, you know, from pretty much week 11 on, it's like all away games. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, what, what, what can I do? I mean, I can't do anything. I can, who cares if it's what it is? I mean, I'm looking at an 11-5 schedule. I, th- I, you know, I just, I see it 11 and five and Hey, go Titans 11 and five, baby. Winning the AFC South. Are the Titans going to beat the shit out of the bills this year? I think they are. I think this is the year that we get that monkey off the back, you know, I hope so. And I think that it's a home game. I really hope that for whatever reason that it's filled with Buffalo fans and they get sent home. With it, with sad, broken shards, tears in their eyes, and tables up their ass. I I can't st- Buffalo fans. Buffalo fans have easily gotten into my top three worst fan bases. I cannot stand them. I think Josh Allen is a douche canoe. I I just don't that whole. Ugh, I can't stand them. I really, really hope the Titans take it to the They're place. that team that everybody thinks has won the offseason, and they're for sure going to be this force and blah, 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 and guarantee that the Patriots just win the division yet again. <laughs> so pick one team that you sneakily think is going to end up being really, really good this year. Ooh, sneakily good? I think uh, that just, Denver... Yeah, just a hunch. I think Denver, on our schedule, I think Denver will end up being really good. I think it's going to take a little bit to for them to gel because of the offseason, how young they are. But I think they'll be a lot better than uh, what people think. Um, yeah, I, 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 think th- I think everybody else is pretty much status quo. I think Denver has the chance to make the most noise. I think the Browns are going to be a problem, and here's why. Because they spent all last offseason being heavily fellatioed and then ended up not having a great season. I think they're going to end up being like kind of sneakily. I think they're going to be right in the mix. All of a sudden, towards the end of the season, people are going to be like, oh, shit, the Browns are a problem. I could see it, but I'm not going to put my faith in it. 
I'm not going to no, go I'm on record putting, and say that. I'm not going to back that up with any kind of bullshit. <laughs> Are you going to take any pleasure in the Patriots possibly sucking? They're not going to. I just don't believe it. Really? There, There's not a doubt in my mind that this team is going to win 10 games somehow. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, let, that, me, let me say division. something. Bill Belichick is 68 years old. This motherfucker doesn't have time to do a tank for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and they, this team, they believe in Jarrett Stidham. And let me tell you something. They're probably going to be end, end up being right, and everybody's going to look like stupid idiots like they always do. He's, he's still in win-now mode. Bill Belichick's ego is not going to let him be tank. He's just not. <laughs> and and why would he tank when Tom Brady's probably going to have lots of winning because he's on this mega team down in Tampa Bay? So you know that he's going to be thinking, well, I got to win as much as Tom or more than Tom. He 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 isn't thinking, well, you know, let me fall flat on my face during one of the big. Everybody says he's a Hall of Fame coach and Brady's a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? But they've never been separated since these claims and these these accolades have arrived. So you know that he's not going to want Tom Brady to have more success with than him in year one. This tanking thing is not going to happen. Bill Belichick, it just he won't he won't do it. He refu- He will not do it. So they are winning ten right. games. They are winning ten motherfucking games, and that hate, you can write down. I hate to agree with you. But because I, I I really I think it's going to happen. I'm like as much as people always used to pull the whole, don't start saying the Patriots are dead. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> I agree with you. It's uh it's going to happen. So Zach, that's everything I have. Uh, that we we actually came in at a crisp one hour, a little bit over an hour. Look at that. Look at a that. little bit over an hour. Not bad for two dumbasses who have had nothing to do except sit at home and drink too much. And my brain is mush. It is is literally just garbled mess. It's complete trash. If if you've gotten to the end of this podcast and you're still here, really appreciate it because uh, took me a minute to get my uh, g- get my brain functioning with my face and to say words correctly. Um, well, we really appreciate you all. T- oh wait a second, hold on. What I'm trying to end the podcast without the best part. South Korean football club, FCCO, have apologized for accidentally using sex dolls as an alternative to real fans for their football game this past weekend. How do you dress up sex dolls and not realize it? Get that. How do you, if if they have their clothes on, are they sex dolls? I mean... because you wouldn't know unless point. someone is uh, standing around peeking underneath all the... I mean, like, <laughs> if they got clothes on that totally... Yes, a prostitute, even when she's in her civvies, is still a prostitute by nature. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that she's going around prostituting while she has clothes on. Those clothes come off. Are the sex dolls taking their clothes off? Or is someone just walking around taking the clothes off in between commercial breaks or innings and cutaways? Like... How did anybody know they were sex dolls unless I guess it's the the shape of their mouth, I guess. <laughs> They're all just sitting there in this constant state of ooing. Around 20 mannequins, many holding banners and wearing masks, were spaced evenly around the seats behind the goal, usually occupied by the club's most active fans. As the game progressed, however, Korean social media started to light up as it became apparent to viewers that these mannequins, supplied by a local company, Dollcom, whose CEO is a Seoul fan, looked very much like sex dolls. Now, here's what I want to throw out there, okay? <laughs> well, so if you can't even see ones, their mouth. Well, that's what I'm talking about. If you're one of the if you're one of the jackasses who called this out on social media, I hope you have a significant other. Because you just outed yourself. Well, that you I mean, even if you don't have this, I mean, is it any better if you have a significant other and you know what sex dolls look like? Yeah, you're like, oh, wait a second. That's Sucky Susan. You're, oh, I shouldn't have posted that. I mean, now my girlfriend's going to see it, and she knows that I've been looking this shit up. Yeah, I mean, I think Should the I people that recognized a sex doll while they had clothes on and a mask know a lot about sex dolls. Way more That's than what, what I'm I would saying. know. I mean, you recognized a sex doll by its eyes. What was it? Like, like holding dildos or something? No, they're just, I'm looking at a picture fingers right with now. the dildo on the end? 
I'm looking at a picture right now. Like they're giving thumbs up. Some of them got their hands in the air. Like it doesn't like you, you would have to be pretty in tune with what these dolls faces look like. Just you their eyes. On social media. You you have to know what the, the dolls look like by their eyes because the it's covering their nose too, right? The masks. In addition, some mannequins held signs offering messages of support to players and the team that seemed to reference adult <laughs> content streaming sites. <laughs> so they were talking about giving handies out behind the dugout after the game. What gave it away? Handyjamsfc.com. <laughs> like that was that what gave it away? I, I I had to throw that in here at the end of the podcast because I'm like you. I'm I'm a little bit incredulous that someone A didn't buy all these sex dolls and started dressing them up and they thought, hmm, there's only certain parts of these dolls that seem to have a function. Why is that? Well, how would you like to be the guy <laughs> that did have to dress them all up or the or the woman? What if it was a woman having to dress all these women that's and e- all this? That's even worse. Like it's just so was it so demeaning for somebody they're dressing that they're just like, this is just fucking bullshit. What are we doing here? That's fucking I'm putting, that's fucking Korean. Pants on this giant ass woman. What are we doing here? I wonder if any of them are celebrity sex dolls. <laughs> they stuck a Paris Hilton doll in the end zone, and that's what gave it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end this podcast before I start to say something I shouldn't, and then uh, we're going to have to delete the whole thing, like we've done many podcasts in the past. Uh, we really appreciate you all tuning in. As always, we apologize we've been gone for so long, but. Like most of you all, our schedule, recording schedule, personal schedule, and otherwise has been thrown into all hell. We are going to make sure to keep an effort to start keeping these coming to you more regularly. Obviously, as football season starts to heat up, going into training camps or whatever the hell that's going to look like, uh, we're going to have plenty of content coming your way. Um, Unfortunately, Mike could not join us tonight. He is actually in possession of a new child, as I put it in the worst possible manner for having a child, but uh, we want to congratulate Mike because Mike is a new father. Um, So he was unable to join us tonight. Hopefully he will be back with us next week, but that's all I've got tonight, Zach. Unless you have anything else. I'm good. Take us home. All righty. For the absent Michael, myself, Mr. Lebowski and Zach Lyons. This has been the football and other efforts podcast. You know where to find us on social media. If you have found our podcast on one of the streaming sites, if you could please like, rate, and subscribe, and tell your friends about us. As always, for everybody at Football Never Efforts, you have been effed. Been effed.